Brian Murray sat down with moderator Ada Brown Mather for a one-on-one interview in March of 1986. I'm Hope Clark, a member of the Society of Stage Directors and Choreographers, and this is Masters of the Stage. This program is produced and presented by the Stage Directors and Choreographers Foundation in collaboration with the American Theater Wing. Because this program was not originally intended for broadcast, it is not of the highest technical quality. As a result, portions of the conversation may have been edited. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to introduce to you Mr. Brian Murray. Uh, We know him as an actor uh, from England, who came over, now this is right, you came over with uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, but you'd already been here with the Peter Brook Lear. Right. And you have done uh, many things. I won't go through the whole list because it's too long, but you've done things like Da, and, uh, and your last thing was... Uh, Noises Off. Noises Off. Yes. We know you for... yes. But today we're interested in you as a director. So I, we want you to talk about that. Okay. But of course we're going to remember that you're an actor. <laughs> uh, now then, uh, your, the, your list of things that you've directed, that's very long too. Yes. Waltz of the Toreadors. Yes, yes. Uh, give me some other things. Waltz uh, of the Toreadors. Uh, Scent of Flowers. Scent of Flowers off, off Broadway, yes. yes. I, I directed a play by Marguerite Duras, which is called yes. La Mante Anglaise. In, French, and we changed it to a place without doors. Nobody ever knows what it is. And um, uh, that, and uh, Stevie. That's right, yes. Um, uh, that, uh, and then I did quite a lot in the regions. I did uh, the cherry orchard and. Uh, uh, well, never mind. A lot, a long, a, long a, a lot, yes. 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 The yes. thing that we're interested in today is the fact that you've directed hay fever. Right. So we now have a, a very exciting hay fever just round the corner, so you're virtual, uh, you've come to visit your neighbors here. Right. Uh, and uh, we want you to talk about it. Now, I've been through all the list of things, and I can't anywhere see that you've done color before. No, I haven't. And that's interesting. So I want to know why you did, did you want to do coward? How did it happen? Did it happen by chance? Are you pleased that you've done coward? Or do you want yes. to do more coward and all those things? Yes, yes, I do. So will you talk about I that? I do, yes. Um, coward, I think I was about 11 or something, and uh, I, got, I got a book of the plays out of the library. And uh, I can remember vividly, uh, you know, I mean, I was about 11, and I started to read it with a play parade. And I think the first play was uh, was uh, in the paper. I can't remember what it was, but I, I know that very, very soon, and, and certainly Hay Fever was one of them, I just fell about laughing. I mean, it made me laugh. It always has. He always had. And uh, when I've played in uh, quite a lot of time, okay, I, I, yes. yes I've, I've, and I've, in England. I've, yes. Mm-hmm. And I've done Hay Fever a couple of times when I was uh, very young. Um, and I've seen it a lot. Mm-hmm. And... I've always wanted to to direct it, but never it's it's never come my way until this time. And when this one happened, I was tremendously aware uh, 
first of all, of what Coward himself says about the play, which is that it's frightfully difficult. He says uh, that, that, that amateurs all over the world think that it, poor dears, he says in their misguided way, he thinks that it's, it's very easy to do because it's one set of nine characters. Mm -hmm. But what they forget is that uh, it, it has no plot mm -hmm. and at all. He, in fact, disparages the play more than he should. Uh, that that it, it, it doesn't really have even many witty lines. Um, the characters aren't... He's wrong about this, by the way. Characters are, 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 are not terribly well-developed, he says. Um, and um, the, the jokes come in sort of juxtaposition from mm -hmm. one to the other. And he said it's, it, he says, it is far and away the most difficult play to perform that I have ever encountered. Well, that was a sort of challenge. Uh, because if he thought it was difficult, and and I also knew that, that it had never it had never succeeded at all in the few productions that it had had in New York, it had always been a, a critical failure, as well as everything else. And um, although it, it's 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 very popular and everybody knows it, a lot of people have done it. Um, it had never worked here, so that was another challenge. And I thought, why, why, you know, why when it makes me laugh, hasn't it worked? And I kind of came to the conclusion that it must be because I'd seen, I'd seen, I've seen bad productions of this play all over the place, including England. I mean, uh, as far as uh, the worst productions I've seen have been in England. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, th I, th I thought there's got to be a reason, you know, behind. There's got to be a way of doing it. Mm -hmm. So uh, the way I approached it. Is that, am I answering the question or am I yes. sort of rambling? Uh, no, but tell me, first of all, why, you know, how would it, were you delighted when you were offered this? Oh, why, I was why did people come up with the idea of doing hay fever at this given moment of time? I don't That's know. That's it. Oh, you don't know. I that. don't know. I mean, I don't know. Roger, you see, it was done, it was an enormous success in England two years ago. Penelope Keith. Uh, do you know who she yes, is? Yes, I know who she is. Do you know who she is? Yes. She's that lady who does the manor ball. I think people on the, yes, oh, on yeah. television. Yes, and she had done, a, and, and because she's very popular, it was a hugely financially successful production of it. I saw it and I thought it was just terrible. And I thought she was just terrible because she <laughs> played it terribly sort of snooty and cunty. Uh, she, she looked as though she had never been on a stage. She looked as though she'd only lived in the country. And she was nasty, sort of supercilious and nasty. And uh, but it was that was it was such a success that it was they, they were hoping to work out some sort of co-production. Oh, I see. So that's really over. where the idea that's came. Where it came I see. Roger yes. Peters. Then that all fell apart. So he came to me with it. I see. He said, "Would you like to direct Hey Beaver?" And I said, "More than anything in the world," because I, I had always felt that it was not fair on on. That the play had never worked in New York, and I thought I would like to and did, have a back. Uh, and did you know then that you would get Rosemary Harris to do it, or did you think that you? No, might? that's who I wanted. Yes, that's who you that's wanted. Who so wanted. immediately you thought of that. Yes, uh, but yes. they were asking for superstar type people. Mm. Uh, 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 they, what, the, what the coward estate was trying to sort of duplicate was the. Was the, was the success days. of Penelope yes. Keith? Oh, no, oh, of, of Penelope Keith as oh. a television, just for money. They wanted to make yes. money, yes. because she had made a lot of yes. money because she's a big TV star. And yes. so when they were, and they were talking about sort of Lucille Ball and stuff, and I said I, I thought that uh, that I didn't think that she was quite right. 
So I said that the, that the person I thought was perfect for it and that who should have played and who has never played was Rosie Harris. Yes. And, um, but at that stage, she was, she was just starting rehearsals with Pack of Lies, so we didn't even know whether to get her. I see, yes. But that's who I, that's yes. who I wanted. Because it seems to me that she is just so perfect. Perfect, for, yes. absolutely perfect. And really just Written knows for. how to play this sort of thing. Yes. Oh, boy, does yeah, she. doesn't she? Yes. And and with with well, we can get into the, yes. the, the specifics. Well, of that, uh, shall I lead you along this line? Do you think that there is any reason why the, uh, you know, sixty years on, isn't that amazing? Sixty years to nineteen twenty-five. Yes. 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 That sixty years on, that this play should be done on Broadway now. Now, is there anything in the air that uh, makes this play? significant now. I mean, for example, that I uh, saw on television that the diamond trade is now doing better. Are we longing for elegance and uh, are we all yuppies? Uh, or uh, what, is there something in the air that made people think, or did you think that, or, or were you totally innocent about what was in the air. I was totally innocent about it. I just knew I wanted to do the play. Yes. The play. So you don't think, I mean, that's too sort of uh, esoteric? And... I, I, well, no, I don't think it's esoteric. I think it's a very, I didn't know about diamonds. Uh, <laughs> but I just thought that, yeah, isn't that interesting, that diamonds should be doing better? Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> I wonder why. Well, I thought you might be able to come up with something uh, since you're in the business. The diamond business? <laughs> Um, uh, I, you know, it, it's, it, I think the only thing I felt was it, it's, if, if we can make this play work right then it, it'll, it'll send people out on the kind of high that I had experienced with it on the one, one or two times where I'd seen it really work mm -hmm. um, w w the, the one, the one I, I saw the production in 1964 at the National mm -hmm. that Coward directed yes with Damien, yes. yes, and Maggie Smith, yes, uh, which was which was actually it was it was it was completely reversed because the family, the Blish family, were quite ordinary, and the guests were all raving mad because uh, Maggie Smith was you know was was Myra, and 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 um, the, the, and Bob Stevens was 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 um, Sandy and so on. But what I, what I came out was the most amazing high. I mean, you, because I think more than anything else, as an actor, as a person in the theatre, I, I identified with those people. Also, I feel that the, the play is in many ways... Now, this is a sort of... It's not, it's not his best play, because I think Private Lives and probably By the Spirit are, are better, but it is his most innocent play in that... He was not writing it for himself. Mm -hmm. He was really writing it as, which is thinking, I don't think he did again, as a piece of observation mm -hmm. because of the, uh, the, 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 the Hartley manners and Lorette Taylor story. You all know about that, don't you? Yeah. So um, he, he, was, he was looking at it from a, a, an objective point of view and not writing it for himself and, and was at, I think, his most... His, he was 24 years old when he wrote it, and he was at his most productive. Mm -hmm. At his most, the, the genius was at its, mm -hmm. at its least. Mm -hmm. uh, dis, dis, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what? Still. Still? No. Uh, there, there was a, there was a circling, the circling down that happened after 
this place, as it often does with geniuses. You know, where this was just an outpouring of, of, of pure genius. And I thought it was jolly unfair that it never really succeeded. And I thought that's why I wanted to see if yes. I could make it. So, yes. We'll find so, out why and, and make it work. Uh, so now this has to go on bringing in audiences. And the question is, does it, which would answer my diamond question, or whether, you know, there's something... Uh, after all, this was the 20s when he was doing this. Yes. There was something in the air then when people were busy uh, dancing with Charleston and, and riding in cars and, and leading a fast life because... In fact, it hadn't been the war to end all wars, no. so that they were in this disillusioned state. Yes. Is there any kind of parallel between that? Am I on something in any way there? Well, I think, or, I, think I, don't, I, don't, I think that certainly there is one connection, and, and you, I think you said yuppies earlier. Yes. Uh, for the first time, I think, after the First World War, there was a thing called a talentocracy or a meritocracy. Mm -hmm. the, the, everything wasn't simply based on class, class yes. anymore. Mm -hmm. And people who were working in the arts or in various um, other areas mm -hmm. of, of, were accepted and became a kind of mm -hmm. upper-middle-class upper mm -hmm. area of thinking there. And I wanted to... I, wanted to, I think that that's probably the connection I found, was that there was a certain sense of upward mobility that you could, anybody could get anywhere even in England at that time. And the Blisses definitely represented mm -hmm. that sort of thing. They, they, were, they were the yuppies of the play, and they were, the, they were the, the, the class who didn't depend upon class. They were dependent on their own talents. Mm -hmm. And they, for that reason, they were not affected by class in the way that so many of the others were. So as, as the way that the guests are, in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they, they belong to those yes, particular quite, stratified uh, yes. areas. So, Which uh, makes the whole joke of the, uh, the fact that the, the blisses uh, uh, know how people should behave, but don't. The guests know how people behave and do. And so this makes the, uh, uh, the, the, the absurdity of the meeting of the two... Uh, Say, yeah, say the, again. Well, the, the blisses, uh, the society of the blisses is really founded on the way society is supposed to behave, yes. but they don't. Right. The guests behave like society is supposed to behave and do, and it's the, the, ju the absurd juxtaposition of that, these two things right. that makes that's the comedy. Right. Yeah. And then I love the ending when they go out and they say, aren't they rude? Oh, right, yes, yeah. so, yeah. People really so, do behave in the most extraordinary, extraordinary manner. Way, yes. Which really is a wonderful joke and a wonderful oh, total turn of the Absolutely. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a superb irony in that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I always think that this is an interesting thing about Kaur, that we never think of this, because we always think of Kaur because he was, you know, always having lunch with the Queen Mother and things like that. Yes. That he was not a revolutionary, but in actual fact, in his time, when he, when he wrote this play, for example, mm -hmm. he was writing it in a kind of dialogue which was totally different from the kind that Somerset Maugham was using. Absolutely. Yes. yes. So absolutely. would you like to talk a little about well, that? Well, yes. I mean, I think that, that that's the, the, the most accessible part of it. The, the dialogue is totally and completely naturalistic. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is a, a fallacy, really. I think it is fallacious that, that you have to act coward like coward himself spoke. I don't think coward was a very good coward actor. You know, I think I think it was that particular uh, clipped 
way that, that he spoke, which nobody, which nobody in the world speaks like. Yeah. I was told that it was because he, he, he was trying to get his deaf mother to hear him. That's, that's the way he spoke, because he spoke like that with that particular kind of... <laughs> so that she could lip read, you know? <laughs> that's what I was told. She fell on her head and went deaf. Uh, but it, it, in fact, it is terribly naturalistic. It is terribly accessible. It's terribly... You can't... You, 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 when you think about style, when you think about epigrammatic, wildian mm-hmm. kind of style, you can't put Coward in anything, anything like, like the same. That, no. and, and, you know, his, 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 probably the greatest influence on him was Saki, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. just in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Of, of, but, he, but he was also tremendously influenced by Shaw and by Ibsen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you can clearly see the difference in, you know, in any... Because his, his, his dialogue is, stands up to any kind of examination today. And people, I don't know about whether people here do, but we rush around in England quoting him all the time just, sort of, just because of, of, of kind, it's, it's a funny thing to say in everyday life. You know, I should like someone to play something very beautiful to me on the piano. It's something that I, or, 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 uh, Life has dealt me another blow, but I don't mind. What did you say? I said, life has dealt me another blow, but I didn't mind. Which I used to do all the time uh, as, a, as a sort of a gag, you know. And it, it's, he's, he's tremendously available in that way. So, gosh, the, the way one kind of wants to approach... But then the, the, the other thing that one has to remember... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this well. Um, is that, of course, he was a lyricist mm-hmm. of extraordinary gifts. Mm-hmm. And a musician, mm-hmm. and an actor, but that came last. So, above everything else, what is terribly important is his rhythm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And without that, yes. you are lost. Yes. So, in that in that sense, yes. the style is very demanding. Yes. But very precise, it's, it's so very precise, very precise, yes. but very naturalistic yes. for all that. And also the music of of. Yes. of because otherwise, without yes. that, you don't get the comedy. That yes. particular kind yes. of thing, which Rosemary does so brilliantly. Yes. Uh, now, this brings me on to, the, to this thought. Um, and I'd be interested to hear what you say about this. It seems to me that nowadays, this is difficult. You're talking about, the, about rhythm, this thing that you're just at this minute talking about. Now, it seems to me that nowadays people tend to use stress much more than they use inflection. And all of this is constructed on the fact that there has to be uh, certain inflection and a lot of throwaway, where, and particularly in America, where the natural rhythmic pattern is more constructed by stress than it is by inflection, as That's it is right. in England. That's right. Uh, do you come up against this as a problem? And the Rosemary does so very, very well. But do you come up this, uh, against this as a problem? Because I've got to tell you that I come up against it all the time in this day and age because it seems to be very difficult to do. Do you understand what yes, I, I mean? Yes, I do. I know exactly. And so, that in fact, within a, within a phrase, people stress too many words, and within a, uh, within, within a word, people stress too many syllables, and you can't play any kind of mannered comedy that way, is that right. in, if That's it's right. English-speaking? Because I think the result of too much stress is, in fact, too much glottal. Too much glottal, and, yeah, and, and, it, and it becomes so, so earnest it, it, it becomes, and heavy. Yes. So you can't, without, uh, without inflection, you can't become light. That's right, that's right. And uh, his, 
his, uh, he, he needs a tremendous amount of what you, what you call inflection, I call music, right? Are we yes, on the, well, we're on the same. Yeah, it's the up and downness of the voice yes, yes. as opposed to this. Yes. A, so it's, it's, the, it's this, uh, this, uh, this, right. and the, the throwaway. But the throwaway, but then connected to that is, a, is an is a, absolutely a, impeccable a, rhythm. Absolutely, yeah. so that So that you've got the dum 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 Yes, but this is the variation on the theme that you're playing. There's the, I mean... Uh, there's the underlying thing that's going on, but yes. then there's this up and down thing that's going on all the time. You are, uh, right, right. But then, of course, so how because, we, because it is naturalistic and because it's real and because these people are real, yes. you start, as I, as, I, as I believe one always should start, of yes. course, from the basis of truth. I mean, yes. what is going on? I yes. mean, and, and indeed, yes. subtext. And in a very peculiar way, um, the play is filled with... with a strange kind of subtext yes. because at least with some of the characters yes. because they are not saying, not saying deliberately yes. not saying what they what they're thinking they are yes. thinking of other things to say instead yes. the blisses on the other hand say absolutely everything that they're thinking yes. and they don't have yes. any any subtext but they have to employ what i call a sort of supertext which is a, a sort of a, a manner mm-hmm. that is very deliberate as artists as people mm-hmm. the, the people who are artists are kind of performing yes. at certain times yes. uh, and that I mean the, the, the tremendous scenes that uh, that Judith Bliss has that she, she creates a, a number of different characters within within that that second act when she yes. when she becomes or the diplomat she becomes the, the rather sort of uh, trembling ingenue you know mm-hmm. please won't you teach me how to be tactful and uh, then she becomes the outraged mother, then she becomes... All those things had to be very carefully... Because we had to find out who Judith Bliss was and what her manner, where her mannerisms sprang from. Because you also have the fact that it, when, when they're doing the play within the play, not the play within the play, but, you know, the... Uh, the, the game. The, 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 no, the yes. Love's Whirlwind. You know, oh, where yes, she yes. says, yes, in a game that must be played to the finish. You have to see... I, I, how, what kind of an actress she is when she's on stage. She's always on when she's off, but she's a different... She's her, herself playing different things. So, from, from that point of view, we try to start very much from the reality of who these people were and why they spoke like that, mm-hmm. rather than an imposition of, of uh, inflection and music and rhythm. But it had to be very much held as, as a a thing for the company to to have recourse to. You know, yeah, but I, I was meaning that this, I mean, the inherent rhythm is made in this way, as yes. opposed to being made in a ponderously stressed way. I mean, that that's is the right. nature that, of all high comedy. That's absolutely it? right. Yes. yes, I'm sorry. Yes, of course. That's a given. And, and, that is a, and that's difficult for people to do nowadays, it seems to me. Not as difficult as um, I thought it would be, not as difficult as, I, as I expected it to be. I was quite amazed by the, uh, by the amount of ability in that area that this, this company had. And I, I mean, apart from Rosemary, uh, the, uh, we have a company that's split right down the middle, half English, half American, and one Canadian. So, uh, and for, for the most part, I found that they were all, if not instinctively able, at least instinctively to understand the necessity for that, mm-hmm. for that kind of manner 
and that kind of music and that kind of thing for, for the high comedy style. Uh, it, it, it is not a thing that I recall going on and on about. Did I, Richard? This Richard Clark who's, who's in the show. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't ever make that a... a, 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 a I, I didn't try and make it a sort of lesson. You have to talk like this. We did do certain exercises whereby... Which is, the, which is, I think, a, a, a tremendously good exercise to do in any play, and vital in a high comedy, is the thing of bouncing off the last syllable, mm-hmm. bouncing the first syllable of the one speech off the last syllable of the other, so that you keep the bubble up. Mm-hmm. That kind of energy mm-hmm. is necessary to start it. But then it seemed to me, anyway, that the coward rhythms themselves got the actors through. Yes, they, they that, were, of course, they're there. You, you yes. can't really fight them. At least you can. I've seen them fought and fail. But once once they understood who they were, why they were talking like that, and a couple of simple exercises, uh, like like the, the bouncing one, they seemed not to be bothered by it. There, was, there, were no, there, there wasn't any of that stressful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to do. You have to be really determined. To, to make that happen in Coward. And, and people do try to make it happen, and, and that's where it fell. And so, but I didn't have to nag them about yes, it. Yes, because it's really the sort of effortlessness. Yes. That is... Effortless energy. Effortless energy, yes. And, and which, which finally, in the long run, makes for this tremendous lightness and yes. bubble quality that uh, is so musical, as we say. Yes, right. But the other thing... The, the, the reverse of that coin was that uh, was that it had to be kept exactly at that kind of at that kind of bubble temperature because any further injection of energy uh, and just the slightest injection of energy can make that play because it is so fragile fall like a souffle yeah. I mean and, and be as ugly and as pointless as, as that and it, it, it doesn't require much. It doesn't require any kind of really heavy improving. It doesn't require any uh, overacting per se. It just, it just, a, a little bit of lack of concentration, a, 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 a tiny failure to, to listen tightly all the time to every rhythm that's going on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which again is a thing I think uh, we all should do all the time. Actually, yeah. but just the slightest break in concentration, yeah. and it gets heavy. It goes yeah. boom. And it's not funny. Oh, or, or any, or, or, and more so than in any other play that I've, uh, I can remember doing, any begging for a laugh, any walking out and saying, mm-hmm. I'm being funny, and you are dead, deader than you would be in, in, in a lot of other plays. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's a, that's, and that's, I suppose, why he, he thinks it's a difficult play to perform. And, and he's right, because mm-hmm. it, it, can, it can so easily skid off mm-hmm. the track. Do you think there's something um, about all of the coward comedies that has a I mean what makes coward comedies coward comedies uh, can you talk a little about that they're, they're satiric certainly I and mean, they are uh, uh, saying something about uh, perhaps rather pleasantly and affectionately but they are saying something about the society in which he found himself or in which he hoped to find himself Yes. Uh, do you, can you develop that mm. at all? Well, 
I don't. I mean, it's I, so I, amazing I that they're not funny lines, as you say, and yes. yet it's very funny. It's, yes. it's so amazing that, and, and uh, I know what you, you're saying. He himself said that uh, there aren't any epigrams, but right. but the uh, juxtaposition of that to that can be terribly funny. Yes. Why? What are the three funny lines he, he always quotes? Uh, uh, this haddock's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, no, it isn't. Is is there? And uh, what's the other one? Oh, I can't remember, but there are, there are no, nobody lines as such. But is, is this um, true of the other plays? Well, of course, I suppose Blythe Spirit has a, has, is a, has a much more, has a much greater plot. Well, and the, uh, certainly, much yes. greater plot. But, say, Private Lives. Is a, Private Lives, I think, is a very wise play. Mm-hmm. I think it's a play that says a great deal about the, uh, the, the problems of, of, of a difficult relationship, a, yes. a, a love yes. relationship. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's got... Uh, considerably more depth in, in those terms. Uh, it is once again the, the thing that it always seems to be in, well, that's why I, I can't quite take I can't quite uh, agree I don't think with the word satire um, although we may be, may be semantics here uh, he, it's always that thing of the coward hero or heroine are always people who seem to uh, not belong to any particular class and, and are therefore outside of that particular mainstream. They may be vague things like writers. Well, we don't know who, what Eliot and Amanda do at all no. in private life. But they're writers or they're vaguely artists in some way. And they are, I suppose in that sense, bohemian. And they, they, they fight against the established manners and mores of the time. Or at least they refuse to go along with them. Now, and, and if, if perhaps what they do is satirize, in, a, in that yeah, sense, that's what they what satirize, you know, the people who, um, who behave in certain ways, the, dip, the, the, the ultimate diplomats in, 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 in Hay Fever, uh, and in, in, in Private Lives, they, they, they talk about, you mustn't let them get you down, you mustn't take life seriously. That's, that's the thing. Laugh at everything. Laugh at life. Laugh at, laugh at, every, laugh at pomposity. Laugh at every, everybody's seriousness about their need to present a certain kind of British quality. Laugh at that. Um, but I, and so in that sense, you're right, satire. But, 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 but more kind of, it's, it's more sort of Laughing at than satirical. Which I know. Well, I it, there's an ironic. Yes, sense. and so now, really, in a way, you're answering the question about what makes coward comedies coward comedies, which is this uh, laughing at quality. Uh, yeah, yeah. Laugh at laugh at them all. Don't don't let them let don't let them make you lose your sense of humour yes. about life. The the the, the two one the other two in private lives, yes, Sybil uh, and uh, uh, Victor, yes. are the are the ones without humour. Yes. The ones who take this sort of rather immoral thing that they're doing, which it is, it is rather immoral, very seriously and abide by those don't break the rules. That's really what he's saying. So in a way, there's a question you asked we were talking about earlier about him being a revolutionary. 
in, in that, I think he was. He was saying, don't let's abide by the rules. Don't let's play their game. Don't let's play the game, mm -hmm. if necessary. Don't always be polite. Don't always be well-mannered. You can, you can say things to people. Uh, I mean, there's the, the wonderful thing in, in, in Hay Fever, where the little girl says to the diplomat, uh, there you are, you see, you're always saying the right thing, and nobody knows a bit what you're really thinking. But as long as it's done elegantly, of course, and as long as it's done with charm, yes. because these, these rules... Oh, yes, certain, of course. I mean, that he set up those, those rules for himself in the... In of course, the, it had to be done with charm, yes. of course, yes. I mean, and, you could... And, and I, in a way, it, it, I mean, that's what makes it satire, because it is being done within... Uh, within... by the external... Uh, behavior patterns and yes. the elegance of the society that he was laughing at and That's saying right. break the rules of. It That's wasn't right. that it wasn't that he that uh, people were not uh, speaking in the right in the right way. No, quite, uh, quite. No, it, it, it's the mores, it's yes. the rules. Yes, don't, don't take the rules seriously. Uh, this brings me to the next point. Would you talk a little about? Um, you you you've talked, and I think how wisely about. Uh, the feeling, the true feeling that there is in a play like Private Lives, uh, and how successful that also was in, in uh, Brief Encounter, the film Brief Encounter, yes. taken from Still Life. Yes. Would you talk a little about that and how successful was he? Because maybe it, what, he wasn't, say, successful in a play like, uh, um, you know, This Happy Breed. The, uh, um, this happy breed. This happy breed. Yes, it wasn't this happy breed. The uh, the play with the, uh, the uh, after the, the between the walls. Yes, you know, the, yes. The, the lower middle class. The lower middle class play. He was yes. writing. It's really his own people. Yes. Yes. Which which he was, which and he was dealing he had, with, and he, he, did, he didn't laugh at them. No. Well, can you say? You see, but but when he wrote plays like that, he didn't really seem to be close to these people in the way that he should have been. Because he really, by this time, was so removed from them, surely, because they are, there's a stiffness about these people. About this happy breed? Yes. Um, Do you not think well, so? I, I don't, don't really, talk about that. I don't really know. I don't think there is. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that, I think that probably this happy breed, in some, there are one or two of them. Few, oh, well, Fume Dope is another one. It, 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 it's a, the one act is not stiff at all. Remember. Yes, I don't know. The, you know, the man who's... I think... Oh, what is it about the man who's the, 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 the worm who turns. I mean, he's, he's, been, he's been bullied by his awful wife and his awful oh, yes. mother-in-law and his awful daughter, and he suddenly says, I'm getting out, and uh -huh. leaves them, and they're all poor. Again, he's uh -huh. moving away from yes. the... Well, do you think he was successful? It, uh, I mean, what makes private lives so successful is the fact that he allowed feeling to escape from... The comedic line. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, did so. Was he successful in allowing feeling to escape from the truer line? That's what I. Could you pursue that thing? You see, like, like in uh, this happy breed and things like that. I mean, he wasn't really what one could call a, a, an actor who. I mean, a playwright who who really wrote plays on a straightforward level no. about the feelings of people. Those right. things were hidden. But, yes. really, but he did sometimes because he had many different kinds of plays. I think, in, plays. I think in this happy breed he did. You see, in, in most of his plays, he, he, I mean, he was a lower middle class boy mm -hmm. who was self, totally self-educated mm -hmm. and an actor and was determined not to be 
thought anything less than any, I mean, and indeed was on, on his wits mm-hmm. and on his chutzpah, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. He, he, he made himself into this incredible superstar. Mm-hmm. He, he was totally self-educated and self-created. Uh, when he wrote plays like this Happy Breed, he was moving back, I think, with great affection mm-hmm. to the people that he knew best. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, think, that this, I think this Happy Breed works wonderfully. Right. It's, it's, at the time it was written, it was, it was it. the war, it was the, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he, 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 there are, the characters are, are much, are, are rich and full mm-hmm. and Cleared and, and not in any way one-dimensional, which mm-hmm. some of the lesser characters in the other plays yes. are, the ones that he isn't bothered with, yes. or the ones that he's sending up. Yes. Yes. Uh, in, in this happy breed, they're all there. How, but, it, uh, but for the most part, uh, the laughter that he's, he's, he's using when he's, when, when he's uh, I mean, when, when Elliot and, and Amanda or, or the three characters in Design for Living Yes. A laugh at the yes. pompous, yes. good-hearted man who's borne all their mm-hmm. badnesses and their bad yes. manners, and that yes. he, he he laughs at them because he can't think of anything else to do. Yes. I mean, they can't; those people can't because yes. they they have to. Uh, they, again, once again, it comes back to you can't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You mustn't let them talk you into taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. That's if 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 he's got one. Um, sermon that he keeps mm-hmm. on about mm-hmm. it's don't take life too seriously mm-hmm. because if you do you're not going to have fun mm-hmm. which, is, which is why I think a lot of the time um, he was considered a very shallow playwright mm-hmm. but within that and within the genius of, of you know I mean and that's not a bad thing really mm-hmm. when you think about it you know if, mm-hmm. if you can if you can if you can laugh at mm-hmm. it it's not going to get to you, which is really a, it's, it's not a bad philosophy, I don't think. But it, the, the result was that, you know, the, I mean, those very sort of serious and earnest people who, who were trying to kind of live in England between the wars and had fought in the war, which he hadn't done, of course, got out of it very swiftly. Uh, Are you meaning the, 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 first, the first World, World War? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they were trying to... He, he also didn't take any, he didn't care for the bright young things, mm-hmm. or, or the even more people particularly, you know, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't into that, or, or the Mormon characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, his own particular philosophy was, don't let's be earnest. Mm-hmm. But then he would, he, he'd sort of take in some of his, his songs, you know, don't let's be beastly to the Germans, mm-hmm. which he wrote right in the middle yes. of the war, uh, or don't make fun of the festival. Yes. And also, he, he enjoyed he enjoyed sending up things, but yes. he did it with with such affection and such charm yes. that uh, that really it's 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 it has got its own sort of wisdom, but it's very hard to grab hold of yes. and to explain yes. as a philosophy yes. of any depth. Yes, because if you if you try to do that, then you just get you just one just sounds pretentious. Which is one thing again that he he, he had no time for yes. at all. Uh, do you detect in him, as I think people have, uh, a great sadness really somewhere? You know that's the poem that he wrote, "I travel alone." 
he he was for all the friends that he had surrounding yeah. him a very yeah. isolated man really was he not I mean didn't he you know, I Many don't people think have so. Met. You don't I think don't that. think so. Because I he, think he was aware, as he grew older, of, of the essential isolation of us all. Yes. Uh, and he, he, he grew aware of that. And, and when he, well, those, those few poems, and, uh, you know, and, and the last poem, When I Have Feared as Keats Have Feared of mm-hmm. Death and Where, mm-hmm. he, he, he became aware that, that, that it wasn't going to be all fun and games. Yes. But he still didn't do any major conversion. Or he still went on firmly to the end of the life, his life, saying, there, "There's nothing. It's, it's you have a jolly good time, and then it's it's a, a nice, friendly oblivion, and that's exactly what I'm looking forward to. You know, when the time comes when I can't do it anymore, I should be perfectly happy to curl up with a with a an apple and a good book, as he says, about sex. You know, everything, everything, every important thing. You know, love, sex, uh, money." Um, family, all those things, he, he, he didn't despise them. He was, in fact, he had, he had tremendous devotion to, to the people who lived by that. And it was, seriously, I mean, you know, who lived mm-hmm. without pretense that way. But he was, uh, he was, I think, aware, even maybe a little cynically aware, that it wasn't going to happen for him. And he wasn't going to get any better at it as he grew older. So maybe there's a, an element of, of ruefulness, perhaps, mm-hmm. ab- about some of his later thinking. But I don't think I don't think he was I don't think he ever allowed himself to be sad because that would again have yes, been well, allowed. No, but, I mean, but, but as in so many people who do love and who do the, there often is something that is uh, underlying there, and I it, it seems you may be, that I often you may be right. You may be right. I, I I've never I've never come across it. There seems to be a sort of resolute cheerfulness about everything, even in the... I mean, he feels sadness tremendously when things happen, when people die. die. Yes, I his, When he, he writes about he, his mother dying, yes. for instance. And, and, and he had great friends. He was a, and he, and he, he lost them all. Lost them all. Yeah, yes. yes, I mean, they all were dying around him. And he was, he was deeply uh, saddened and, and, and profoundly saddened. I mean, I mean it wasn't just a... a but it was always, well, you know, rise, on, rise above it, you press on regardless. I mean, that was his attitude about everything. And it was, it was, it, it, it was a terrible shame. Even his mother, you know, poor old mum, but uh, she's held my hand for 50, 60 years, and I was very happy to hold hers, and I was very happy to be with her when she left. Mm-hmm. Finding um, something positive about everything. That's what he seemed to do. And even if he, and if he was sad, he certainly did a jolly good job of, of hiding it, I think, mm-hmm. to me anyway. Uh, it was funny that this revolutionary of the early days should be so vehement about the uh, 1956 new wave thing. He talked about that a great deal. He couldn't stand the, the uh, mumble and scratch kind of... That's right, yes. that's right, that's so right. would you like to talk a little about that? When Wasn't he, that when funny? He wrote, when he wrote in the... When he wrote, I can't. Remember, I wish I could quote him. He wrote, he wrote a series of articles in the Sunday Times right. about, yes. about about them all, about John Osborne, yes. and all of them. And he yes. said, "My dear, dear young playwright, you go out and you charm the public, delight them, make them laugh, make them cry, make them angry if you like, but never, never, never 
bore the living hell out of them. And that's why he didn't like it, because he yes. thought they were boring. Yes. He yes. thought they were boring and negative. Yes. And, and, and without any sense of entertainment, you yes. see. And, that's yes. what, and that was what he really felt was, that's what was he, his job. Uh, his job as a playwright and as an actor, as a performer. Mm -hmm. He was an entertainer above everything else. Mm -hmm. And if, if he, 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 he did not see any point, I, mean, I think he was certainly intelligent enough to understand the, the philosophy of the kitchen sink and the angry mm -hmm. young man and all that. Mm -hmm. and, and he didn't have anything against it. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he wasn't. He wasn't blaming them as as people, or you know, uh, denying their philosophy. But he felt that it was an insult to the public mm -hmm. to try and make that into a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so he was, yes, deeply angry. I mean, his his his, of course, great revolutionary play was the Vortex, mm -hmm. which was which was his first almost, nearly his first. His first. It was. It was actually performed. It, it opened. It, it was after he'd written Hay Fever, but. Before it was produced mm. and he, they put it on at the Everyman it's not Broadway theatre is really what they did mm -hmm. and uh, it, it was uh, and it was a, a rattling good part for him and it was about a drug addict about a crazy young does anybody know the Vortex? Uh, it's, it's, it's an incredibly dated play now I mean it really doesn't it, it's a full length play three act play yeah. and uh, it's a, and it's a in, in a in a funny way it's a sort of tragic reversal of, of the section of hay fever that has to do with Judith and the young man. Yes. Uh, because it's, yes, it is about yes. this, this very vain old woman, who, older woman, who has got a young man in tow, and then her son comes back from Paris, and is play, played by Noel Coward, and he's turned into a coke freak. And, uh, How, did that uh, shatter the world? Yes, about, oh, yes. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They said it was disgusting. Disgusting because of the drugs and, and the young man and the, uh, the, the the whole attitude of, of, of an older woman with a young man and and uh, uh, people sort of openly living in some suggestion of mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. he's got uh, a, a young woman that he's going with and so on. Uh, and it was done. It was done. It was it, it was done at the Everyman Hampstead uh, right in 1924 and became a. a Tremendous succès de scandale moved to the West End, and it was after that that Hay Fever was done because Mary Tempest had turned it down. And then, then this young man got to be a star, so she said, "Oh well, let's have another look at it." And uh, that's when he—that's when his superstardom started with the, with the Vortex. Mm -hmm. And in, in and it was it was it was uh, revolutionary, and it was an outrage. It was the thing that everybody had to see. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, it was, there were wonderful performances. I mean, mm -hmm. Lillian Braithwaite and, and he did it, and, and they were, the, the, the third act is the big confrontation. It's very Hamlet, too. I mean, it, it's taken a lot of things from a lot of places. Uh, and it, 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 it's, it's got some great moments in it and some very funny lines because he, he uses the, the, the sort of witty uh, people coming, the, 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 the Friends, friends, you know, who, who are surrounding. There's they're, they're a character called Pawnee. They're a good part for you, Richard. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's it's it, there's there's a, there's a lot of fun in it. But as a play, it's very dated. Yeah. No, that would never work today. I don't no. think so. I don't did think so. Yes, he he did. He did. He, uh, he 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 played it. I think for quite a long time in New York, and and toured it for about a year. I think. Yeah, that was his big, when he became a big star here too.
He came to America a lot, didn't he? He came to America first in 1921, mm -hmm. uh, when he was very... And there was a great coming and going, wasn't there, between the American... Like, the Lunts were his great friends? Lunts were his great friends, yes. yes. They were just starting out. Mm -hmm. they, were just, they, were, they weren't even married then, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he had to go and borrow $20 from Lynn Fontaine, and she was doing a play called Dulcie. And, uh, and Alfred Lunt and Clarence, that's right. But, but he was very poor at that time, and he couldn't, he couldn't get arrested, he couldn't see. He sold a couple yeah. of stories to Vanity Fair. Mm -hmm. And he went back, and in fact, it was probably the one time in his life at 22, 23, when he was not doing anything very much. He was sort of, at the time that he wrote Vortex and Hay Fever, uh, and another play called um, Easy Virtue, which is very much sort of based on the last Mrs. Tanqueray, or the second Mrs. Tanqueray, I mean. Uh, and isn't very good too, which is rather sort of trying to say something. He hadn't found his form at that stage, mm -hmm. and he hadn't found his 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 philosophy, which mm -hmm. is don't uh, don't take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. um, but that was his time of, of great, probably emptiness. Mm -hmm. Except that he was writing all these plays. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting into a history. Uh, shall we open? The meeting for questions now. Would you like that? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I'd love it. I'd love it. Would anybody like? It? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. It's a really two-part question. I'm sure they all laugh. You started out by talking about um, in two what the reasons you wanted to take it was to find out what it was about it that had more political directions than what you could do about make it work. Uh -huh. And you started to, and you mentioned a few things which is beginning reality. one thing to do if you know if you if you believe in a play and if you think it, if you if you think it works and it makes you laugh you've just got to approach it with total trust you can't say I'm going to impose some sort of style I'm going to impose some sort of um, camp which is what I've seen a, the, the, a lot of people particularly and people in England too seem to feel that it's it's a sort of requirement to, that you have to, that everyone in, has to play card in a, in a sort of... So really, yes. And, and well, that's, that's what's been wrong with a couple of the productions I've seen. They have been, and, and as I say, this is not, I've, I've seen it not work here and I've seen it not work in England. So it's got nothing to do with, it, it's, it's an approach that has to do with not trusting it and feeling that you have to, in some way comment all the time or, or editorialize all the time uh, in, 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 that way, in a way that I, I firmly believe Coward despised. To go back to the pure naturalness of, of somebody, I mean, saying, uh, I mean, or the funniest line in the play where she says, you know, don't you like her? The boy says about talking about Myra, and she says, no, dear, I detest her. She's far too old for you, and she goes about using sex as a sort of shrimping net. 
Now, that's a very... It's, it's, it's about the funniest line in the play. But, it, 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 I mean, in, in, in that sort of sense. But if you, if you try to make it into... If you try, if you try, I have seen one of our great actresses, one of the world's great actresses, but she happens to be English, uh, Maggie Smith. I, I don't mind saying. I mean, because I <laughs> no, because she knew, she knows, and I've seen her play Private Lives in a way that was truly repellent. It was so vulgar. It had no connection with any kind of truth and it was just an in one out front performance without any sense of connection and I had seen the play screw up a couple of times with just that so my first approach was trust it, we've got to trust it and, and okay, why are you saying it always and, and listen and connect uh, and what was the second part? What discovered about I don't know, I just felt rather envious of them. <laughs> I kind of wanted to be up there with, I wanted, because it's, because it's a joy to act uh, if, you, if, you, if you're doing it the way that we were doing it. So I kind of felt that that was what I, that, that was what I wanted to, to be the case. Because even, even a bad production, and I've been in a couple of bad productions, it's still, it's still wonderful to do, you know, because it's, it's there, it's, it's, it's acting talk. You know. um, I love Dismay of the guests. Uh, did you say that they were played out front? Did you? Well, I mean, we understood how they uh, were. Yes. Like and you understood why? Yeah. You understood why? Yes. But with the family, even though they have their own private language, yeah. they understand there seem to be moments when Judith really We had to find that. We had to find that. We had to sort of start, for instance, at that at that moment when uh, when he comes in and says, "There's a perfectly sweet flapper coming down on the 4:30. Would you go and be nice to him?" And it's a big laugh. You know, she can sleep in the Japanese room. And they all go like that. And Rosemary says, "I should like somebody to play some very beautiful piano." But what we what we discussed at some length was that this is the first time you've heard that flapper is coming down. And where, where is the relationship? 
relationship. What the, 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 this, this, uh, the journey between, between Myra and, uh, and uh, Jackie, the flapper, and her, all that she goes through when she, when she suddenly feels the need in the second act to, to seduce the diplomat. Because she's feeling... See, where we started really, 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 really was boredom. The lady is bored. She is not working. Now, we all know what that's like, right? She is dying to get back there on the stage. She's made one of the greatest mistakes of her life in retiring at this point. She did it because the husband wanted to get out of the country and write. So she said, all right. And she's been miserable and making everybody else's life miserable ever since. And on this day, this day being different from any other day, she has decided to go back. But she's frustrated by a number of things that happen, including the husband bringing down a young woman and the son bringing down an old woman that she personally dislikes very much. And her through line about, I'm going back to the stage, and that's what's going to is frustrated and therefore she behaves, and I think she always does behave when she's bored and frustrated, in this kind of impossible way. She has to act whenever she can. She can't do it, she can't get up there and do it, but we, we kind of came to the conclusion that when, when they were in London and they weren't and, and she was working, they had a really quite a normal life. You know, they didn't have all this craziness going on. So only since she retired and came to the country and is going out of her mind with frustration and boredom, that these, these scenes happen. So, to go back to your question, what we then tried to find were the, 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 the truths uh, that could further irritate her and make the explosions and the, uh, the scenes that she plays uh, based on truth, on the kind of truth that she was going through. Uh, in other words, we couldn't just say it's because she's bored and frustrated, because that wouldn't be that would just be a general thing. So that plus the the, the particular areas of of, of danger uh, where she loses it, where she thinks she might be losing her husband, which was a, a thing that was very serious, where she is capable of being as rude as she is uh, to the guests. Uh, and, um, and, and bring about that dismay that you were talking about without, without again the danger is that if you're not very very careful the blisses can seem like monsters and what, we, what I hope we succeeded in doing was not letting them become monsters uh, because I know I've seen again I've seen the play where they are really so incredibly rude and so incredibly thoughtless that, you, you, that all your sympathy is with the guests. And you don't, you don't want, the play doesn't work if, if, if there are goodies and baddies on, on, on either side. You've got to care about everybody and understand what everybody's going through. And so that's where we started with the basis of an actress not acting. Yeah, good. Yeah. 
so glad you saw that because that's what we did. That's what we did try to find. I mean, otherwise it, it again gets one-dimensional in another way. Then it just gets sort of comic and broad. Yeah, they are real, wonderfully real characters, wonderfully observed characters, all of them, and particularly the the, the family. You know, the people that he knows about are wonderfully observed. Quite right, quite right. Yes, she's far too old for you. I mean, she goes. Yeah, once, once, which is again a very natural thing. I mean, that's that's what her bag is in that first scene. Is I've got to keep my kids where they used to be. They're, 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 I don't want them to grow up too fast. For the comedy is for vanity, but the reality is something else. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, I don't think we we didn't we didn't we didn't do that. At least I hope we didn't. Uh, uh, yes. No. We we went for the we went for the realities of the character uh, of all the characters. Uh, uh, as I said earlier, the, the slightest exaggeration and you're dead. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I've seen it a couple of times in the run when they have been slightly exaggerating. And it's quite shocking how, how bad it is. Uh, <laughs> even the slightest exaggeration. Um, but the, 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 the characters are, are, are tremendously, beautifully observed. I mean, they're all, all of them. The maid... The, the, probably the one that's least the least well observed one I think is the son who is the, the part that if he'd made it better he would have played it himself you know what I mean uh, he, the son has got uh, and I, I'd say that because I played the son rather badly myself and I, I, I always felt that there was something missing he didn't have a journey uh, but, but apart from that I think all the characters are, are wonderfully delineated and, and have all of them very clear journeys uh, that breakfast scene where you, you bring the four guests back and then you bring the family back is, is a, an absolute piece of genius writing. Uh, it, it, the, the characters and the situation. Because even though the, the, there's not a plot, there's there a is plot, a wonderful uh, the arrival and then the They the all eventual have their own little thing that yes. they want to have happen. So there may not be a plot of the play, but they've play. all got plots. Yes, yes. 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 it's a marvelously shaped oh. play. Constructed yes, like a yes. like a Cadillac, yes, really. And then the fact that we see them all arrive now, we have to see them all leave together is a wonderful idea. Yes. Oh yes. Oh no. It's it 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 doesn't have a plot in the accepted it's accepted sense. sense, but it certainly has, and that's true. Well, in in private lives as well, it's got also got that kind of uh, another sort of shape, though it isn't. Yes, it's accepted. got it's got more of a plot, but yes. but I mean, at least Hay Fever's got slightly less of a plot. It's slightly less of yes. Uh, there's not much to it, but. Yeah, this, this, it's, it's all characters and situations. They all walk into a particular day or, uh, in that particular house, and the yes. atmosphere in that house yes. is, is what we try to kind of bring about and find the realities for. And, and that, is, uh, that is, without question, a terribly important factor. So it's not, it's not simply the characters. It's, it's, the, it's the situation as well that's very important. Sure. Sorry. 
I just thought I just thought this is the part that she's born to play. Uh, I can't. I still can't think of anyone uh, uh, who who has got that 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 simplicity and the lightness of touch. I mean, certainly no one that I've seen, not Dame Edith. Celia Johnson came close to it, actually. Um, but no one has, has, has got that, because she's so true. And, and that's... But it was, it, as I said before, I, I didn't know where I was going to get her. So I had to kind of build the cast around her in the hopes that I was going to get her. And I was very lucky there, too. Well, that often happens, I think. I had a very clear idea about Myra. Because Myra is a, Myra is a, a very difficult role. And, and uh, I, I wanted, what I, what I did not want, which I've seen so often, is uh, another Judith up there. The two, two actresses doing it, mm-hmm. you know, both being very kind of theatrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted a, a Myra who was absolutely upper class of that sort of, that mm-hmm. certain kind of uh, confidence and, and sureness of, of spirit. Um, but that wasn't in any way theatrical. Uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted, that's what I wanted to try and do, is to make the difference between the blisses, the theatrical blisses, and the, uh, and the guests. Jim, I think you wanted to say Why something. Why is there a song? I'm sorry? Why is there a Canada and Ed song? Well, because I'm crazy about Canada and Ed. No, uh, because, I'll tell you why, very simple, because... Uh, in the script it says she sits at the piano and sings a little French song and I've always heard little French songs being sung you know uh, and at some level which was all, it was all because Mary Tempest who created the part had, had done musicals so she wanted to sing a little song then which was sort of done uh, and the other thing was that Rosemary said she couldn't sing uh, and I thought that it would be best to get some words that she could act rather than... Now, why I didn't get a coward song, that, that was because it seemed too on the button, it seemed too on the nose. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, what, the thing is, I didn't want anything that was later than 1924. I didn't want, I didn't want any of his later songs because that would have been wrong. And there wasn't much before 1924 that he'd written um, that was right for the, for, the, for the quality and the mood of the scene. So, uh, when, when I, I got, and John Pander had been laughing at Coward since he was 11. He used to read Hay Fever in the Bath, he told me. So he, 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 he came up with, and I said, what I'd like is the kind of song where people say, that's a Coward song I don't think I know. You know, a, a, a sort of a, a, a classy pastiche is what I wanted to try and get, and I think they came up with it. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think, I think Kanda loves Coward, and, and, I lo- and I think Kanda's so brilliant. I think they're both so brilliant. And I, I, it was just, I was, it was very thrilling for me to have, to have them work on it, you know, and it, it, it had been done once before, I think, with Twigs. Steve Sondheim wrote a song for Twigs, and I figured, well, so I'll try it again, and I think it worked. But mm-hmm. thanks for the question. I, I, I love that song. Yes. Uh, any other questions? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious about Howard's production. Could you elaborate on what the kids are trying to do? 
Um, no, no, in fact it wasn't, uh, because they needed, at that time, uh, had a lot of trouble with the line. So what he did, as I recall, was uh, he, uh, he sort of, he sort of, all, all those wonderful actors, I mean, it was Derek Jacobi with Simon and Louise Purnell and uh, uh, Anthony Nichols was, was David and Robert Lang was, was Richard and Maggie and Bob Stevens. And so he had these wonderful actors around her to sort of take the pressure off, if you know what I mean. I mean, when I think about it, it's a long time ago now, it's what, nearly 20 years. I really don't remember very much except Dame Edith saying, uh, you're not particularly beautiful, darling, and you never were. She said, never mind. I made thousands think I was. <laughs> and the house stood up. <laughs> yeah. so that, that, but, but really, I don't, I don't remember very much about her. I remember, I remember the, the production seemed rather static in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, he, he didn't move them around much. I, I moved them around more. Uh, uh, I, I, I had the acting edition, the, the Frenchers, and I looked at it, and we... we I based it, and then and I realized that that's what he'd used because that was his original production, and we 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 put in a lot more movement after that. But it was it was a very still production. Um, it was it, the the performances of I mean Maggie was superb, and and Bob Stevens was, was absolutely wonderful, and you did have the sense that the guests were driven into a kind of an eccentricity out of sheer self-defense that was sort of worse, in a way, than the, the blisses were. You know, they, they, were, they were more neurotic than my guests are. Uh, and they seemed, in a way, to be more neurotic than the blisses. But again, that might have been the master kind of playing games with, with, with Dame Edith. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's funny. I, I mean, I, I, remember, I remember the breakfast scene... Uh, I remember, I remember Maggie saying this haddock's disgusting, which was, which was incredible. She made it into a sort of... <laughs> uh, but it, it, it was... And, and I remember the feeling that I had, which was... It, it was, I, was, I, was I was in a theater filled with glamour. But I don't really remember too much about the specifics of it, you know? Sorry to say. Well, I'm not sorry to say. I, I, the thing is, I've seen the play so many times. That that was my biggest problem as a director on, on it was was thinking, uh, is this something that I've seen or am I really getting an idea here? <laughs> you know that that was and, and so I, they all kind of came a little bit muddled in my mind. You know. We went on through previews. We went on through previews. We didn't freeze it. I don't believe in freezing, particularly. Uh, we, 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 we tried, but, but un, under all that, there was, a, there was a need for a tremendously disciplined... Uh, I mean, they could, they could find things and look for things, but that was the point that I was getting very sort of firm about pacing and, 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 and stillness, stillness. That was the other thing. That was the other thing that I, 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 I found, and I still find, that that or that a, that a position, a, a one one uh, an actor 
uh, it's a silly thing, but when, when the little when Deborah Rush has the scene with, um, with the diplomat on the, on the sofa, I, I, it started to work when I got her to sit like that instead of like that. Mm-hmm. And that tension, mm-hmm. the, the, the tension of, of, of the tension and the need to channel the energy mm-hmm. into a very, very tight part of, 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 of oneself and not allow the body to move or, or, or for, for certain, for any, any kind of loose, unclear, yeah, it seemed I, I had to kind of really imprison them in a way, in a physical way, because a, a, a double take would kill a laugh, whereas a look would do it. Mm-hmm. Certain things like that, and I had to, I had to, that was what we were working very hard on at that time. Are they, you feel they're keeping it in shape now? Yeah, I went back a couple of weeks ago and it was, and it was, it was way out of shape. Uh, I hadn't seen it for a while and it was way out of shape and it was uh, nothing that anyone was doing that was lacking any kind of integrity. It, it just, they were breathing and it, it started to go wrong. So we had a couple of rehearsals and came back very quickly. Yeah, they were they were st- starting to claim rather than talk, and, and again, that's this play is more important than anything. It's, it's direct relating, and and, and w- once you start to play it out, I mean, some some of you may have seen it when it was a little bit off. You know, I mean, that's it. It, it can make and it, it the amazing thing. You remember, Richard? They, they they just were losing laughs like, all the way because they were they were asking for them rather than for a cup of tea. Yes. Absolutely what I expected. Absolutely what I expected. She, yeah, she, she, massive ideas. Sometimes she'd have an idea that I didn't agree with, and I would, I would, I would, but I would always work it because she's a smart lady, and. Uh, and usually I was right and she was wrong and it would be dropped. But sometimes I wasn't. She was right with an off-the-wall idea and uh, we kept it. You know, she's a, she's a burger. <laughs> well, is that... Thank you. Now thank you. It just remains for me to say thank you very much. Oh, my dear, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Again, this is Hope Clark, and thank you for listening to Masters of the Stage. This program was made possible by support from the Society of Stage Directors and Choreographers, the National Labor Union celebrating five decades representing the needs and aspirations of its members. Visit us on the web at www.ssdc.org. This online series is presented in collaboration with the American Theatre Wing, dedicated to illuminating how theatre is made through the words of the people who make theatre. Visit them online at americantheaterwing.org.